your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators podcast. Welcome inside episode 213 of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan in the heart of enemy territory, downtown Toronto, alongside Brandon Pillar up in Collingwood. And it's time for part two of our World Junior Preview. Yes, Tony Ferrari, who was on the show earlier this week, is back to preview the tournament, not only from a sense perspective, like we did in part one with Henry Brown, but from an entire tournament scope. Like, who's the MVP? Is Jake Sanderson the best defenseman at the tournament? And a whole lot more. This is the Locked On Senators Podcast, your team every day. Today is Friday, December 25th, and Pilsy, Merry Christmas, and two... Wow, I'm fired up. It is time to watch Timmy play a friggin' hockey game 80 days after being taken third overall. Merry Christmas to you as well, Ross, and everyone listening. Hope you're having a jolly, safe holiday. And yeah, what a treat it is to get the World Juniors on Christmas Day, at least the tournament starting on Christmas Day instead of Boxing Day like usual. So that's always nice, a little uh, extra gift there. And to see Timmy Stutzler lead things off, I can't wait to see him wearing the C for Team Germany. And hey, I don't care what anyone says, Team Germany, their hockey uh, design team always does it right. Like, how about those skates he was wearing, eh? Those are sharp. Well, literally and uh, figuratively. Definitely a good look for the Germans. I, all the teams are going to have those little flags on it, but I think in particular it looks best on Germany and, well, I guess also Slovakia but and Russia, the ones where it's just the three lines going throughout. The Canadian one, the American one, it's okay, but I do think they look really sharp on the Germans. Just another bit of uh, pageantry this time of year, something we haven't seen before, which is nice. Kind of easing us in to seeing NHL advertisements on the helmets, but the advertising for Sense Prospects will be on full swing because, as you mentioned, it is Tim Stutzla versus Robbie Yarventi. And then later on in the evening, you get a little extra treat. Jake Sanderson and Tyler Clevin will begin their tournament. No disrespect to Swiss versus Slovakia, which will actually kick off the World Juniors on Canada Day. I mentioned the first Christmas Day start since 2005, and that's because they'll need an extra day, Pilsy, to fit in the round robin. Of course, usually there's two sites, one for each group, but this year with the bubble situation, all teams will be playing out of the Rogers Place Arena in Edmonton, the same rink where only four months ago the Stanley Cup was awarded to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, it's funny how that worked out, eh? Uh, City of Champions, once again, Edmonton. Too bad the Oilers didn't win anything. But hopefully Team Canada can bring that name back back to glory. And Henry said the game he's most excited to watch is that first game, Germany-Finland, on Christmas Day today. But for me, it's USA versus Russia. Like, this game tonight, these are the two big powerhouses of that group and probably the two biggest rivals going up against Canada competing for that gold medal. We'll finish off the episode giving our final predictions, gold, silver, and bronze. Won't keep it too much longer before we get Tony involved. Him and the Dauber Prospects team have done a great job of previewing this tournament, so go check out Tony's work there. 
and on Twitter at the Tony Ferrari, one of our seriously good friends of the show. But before we get to him, Hilsey, since we recorded with Tony, a couple unfortunate circumstances and Kirby Doc, the captain, one of only three Canadian players who have played an entire NHL season and then come back to the juniors. You think of Ryan Nugent Hopkins in 2013 and famously Patrice Bergeron in 2005. Both times they won forward of the tournament and Kirby Doc really did have a chance to do that. So he's out, but when you have 21st round picks, now 19, the show must go on. Who do you think is best suited to fill in that top line role? Well, it's going to be interesting because that's a big, those are big shoes to fill. Like, like you said, Kirby Doc, an NHLer already. And anytime you lose your captain, it's going to be hard for guys to step up. I think maybe we see some of the defensemen step up, like a guy like Bowen Byram, maybe Jamie Drysdale, Quinton Byfield, some of the returning guys, maybe get a, a step in the leadership here. But it's so unfortunate that this happens to Kirby Doc because, uh, yeah, he he worked hard to get here. He wanted to be here last year. But, I mean, good problems when you're in the NHL not playing World Juniors. So, too bad. But I think Canada's still in good shape here. Yeah, it really is unfortunate. He had enlisted his agent to do some networking. Not so much networking, but trying to convince Stan Bowman and the Chicago Blackhawks that it would be best for his development to go back and play on this team. He wasn't able to last year as an 18-year-old in, again, the same rink where he finished second on the Chicago Blackhawks behind only Patrick Kane in scoring in their bubble experience during nine games played. Now, I look at a situation where you're either going to get Connor McMichael, Cole Perfetti, or Quinton Byfield moving up to that top line. And the reason why I didn't say any of Holloway, Newhook, or Peltier is because it sounds like Coach Tourinier really likes those three as their checking unit with Kurt, uh, with Caden Gooley and Justin Barron on the back end, kind of a five-man checking unit. It's insane. When I say 19 first-round picks, put this in perspective, Pilsy. Every single forward on this roster was drafted in the first round. So when you're talking about plugging a guy in on that top line, it's it's uh, not the hardest thing to do. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Team Canada, you're not going to feel too sorry for them, although Kirby Dock is probably the most prestigious player they could lose. But you got a lot of options here. I mean, Quentin Byfield, second overall pick, a big centerman that could uh, definitely uh, try to fill those shoes of Kirby Dock up on the top line. So I, I'm really interested to see how Canada decides to switch up their lineups here because like Kirby Dock, a natural center, switched to the wing. Cole Perfetti, another guy, a winger that can play center. There's a lot of guys that can flip around here, so they, they have a lot of options, that's for sure. We'll have to wait until Boxing Day, and this is the first time that Canada has not played on the opening day of the tournament in 21 years. Just shows that nothing in 2020 is normal. Another fact, and that's when Canada is playing at home, despite this year not having the crowd on its side. 19 tournaments in Canada. 15 times they made it to the finals with nine gold medals to count from. And what was it, five in a row they won? I know those weren't all on home ice, but those days seem so far ago now that there's so much parity among international nations. But before we get to Pilsy's prediction at the end of the show, let's get to Tony Ferrari on on the way there. Let's tell you about Bet Online. There are huge matchups in all sports right now. We know we're inching closer to the NHL and 
futures are already available at betonline.ag. NFL regular season is finishing up with the playoffs becoming more clear, and there is only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use this promo code, Locked On. That'll get you 50% off your first deposit. And Ross, some exciting news. We talked about getting more lines and more odds. Well, not only can you bet on the NHL player futures and the Stanley Cup winner, but now the division winner odds are up and ready to go at betonline.ag. So hop on that for sure. Yeah, and if you want to sprinkle a few dollars on the Ottawa Senators, that's okay. But do not come to this show and say we told you so. If you want real betting advice, make sure you go check out Locked On Bets. It's the newest podcast on the Locked On Network, and they'll take care of lining your pockets. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in the action, and don't forget to use the promo code Locked On. That gets you 50% off on the welcome bonus with your first deposit. So you put in $100, you get 50 for free. That's the betonline.ag way. Go check them out right now. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Now here he is, our chat with Tony Ferrari. All right, we now have the single most appeared guest on the Locked On Senators podcast. It's Tony Ferrari, the head of North American Scouting at Dauber Prospects and seriously, a friend of the show. Tony, Merry Christmas, man. How are you doing today? Merry Christmas to you guys, too. And, I mean, it's just an honor. You know, I, I started from insulting Thomas Shabbat, and now I'm here. And it just feels good to be the most, most friendliest guest of the show. And if you've missed Tony's latest, it's the 31 and 31 about the Sens prospect pool. And you can go back and listen to Monday's edition of the Locked On Senators podcast and get all of Tony's takes on those Sens prospects. But now we're going to focus on not only the Sens prospects, who are in the World Juniors, but just the tournament in general. It really is the most wonderful time of the year, and it starts on Christmas Day for the first time since 2005. A nice little extra day ahead, the pre-tournament. Well, that's behind us, but Tony, are we going to have smooth sailing once the puck drops today? I really hope so, because now everyone's been in the bubble. Everything's kind of hopefully taken care of, and, and we're here. We're, we're where the NHL was when they were starting their their playoffs and whatnot, so Hopefully we can kind of contain everything. Everyone can stay healthy, stay safe, and, and kind of get going. Because like you said, it's the most wonderful time of the year. And it's really going to be fun to watch because we, we've missed some hockey on North American soil. Yeah, it's been too long. That's for sure. And of like just getting here has been an absolute roller coaster for a lot of these teams. Do you think everyone getting here and the differences between different countries and how it's worked out, is that going to play a major role to the start of this tournament? Like, are we going to see some teams with a major advantage jumping the gun here? I think we are because like, like I said, like there are teams that have been affected by COVID and Sweden, they're, they're missing some key players. William Eklund's not going to be there. Helga Grahn's not going to be there. William Wallander, three guys that are, we're going to be really important cogs for that team. The Germans, they, they had all those t- positive cases when they first got here and, I mean, when you look at the players that were allowed to skate, Tim Stutzel wasn't one of them. So was he one of the positive cases or was he a close contact? We don't really know. It's going to be one of those things where we look at the tournament and go, okay, like at the start of the round robin, Sweden, Germany, like these teams might be affected a little bit. And I mean, even Canada, they had, they had their own quarantine. So thankfully they were able to get that out of the way early on and, and they've had no issues since they've been back to camp and back to practicing, traveling to Edmonton and everything. So 
that's been good. But yeah, every team's kind of had a guy or two that have to drop out because of the COVID pandemic. Well, not necessarily that we're saying he would have made the team, but really Greg, one of the unfortunate ones who tested positive initially, quarantined, then got to camp and then had to quarantine again. But did you think he was a long shot in general to make that team? Yeah, I think he would have had to have an insane camp. I think those intra-squad games, he would have had to be a big factor in all of them. And I mean, there's a, there's certainly a chance. He was the kind of player that has the energy and has the like, motor to get to do that in a short period of time. But I don't know if he would have really been on, on the roster. Me making it out myself, there wasn't really any time I really found myself griping over keeping him on. But I mean, he's a guy that maybe he's on the team next year. Maybe he's competing for the team. So it's going to be really interesting to see where he goes. But yeah, it was really unfortunate because like you said, he got tested positive, had to quarantine, got to camp, test, or they went into quarantine. So he went quarantine there and then was immediately cut basically. So it was one of those things where it almost felt like he did a lot for nothing. And it's just an unfortunate thing that kind of happens in the year 2020. Yeah, it's definitely too bad for Ridley, Greg. But I mean, at least the WHL hasn't been going on anyway. So it's not like he's missed out on a lot of games uh, due to that or anything. So at least there's a positive there. But sticking on Team Canada, I want to ask you, like, this has been a weird year, but it's also allowed guys like Kirby Dock, some real good NHL talent to join this World Junior Team for Canada. How good is this team compared to previous years? Well, when you look at the offensive firepower, I think that's where this team is really special. Because like you said, Kirby Doc, probably an NHL or Quentin Byfield, he's probably probably on the Kings roster, let's be honest. Is it, and you look at the other players on this team, and Connor McMichael, probably an, maybe an NHL with Washington. Peyton Krebs, he has a shot at Vegas. Like Dylan Cousins, the, the other guy on the first line with, with Kirby Doc, maybe challenging for an NHL spot right now. So they have a lot of guys who could be NHLers this upcoming season. And that offensive firepower is just going to be valuable for this team because they do have some weaknesses on the, on the back end and in goalie specifically. And I mean, they're going to be trying to win games like the Leafs or like the, like the Tampa Bay lightning, try to win game seven, six and, and try to go for it because they don't really have anyone back there to, to really stop things defensively. And, even their def- their defense is okay, but their goaltending is, is really going to be the concern. Yeah, you knew I wasn't going to let you slide by the tendies on a goalie-friendly show, especially when one of them had been playing in Carlton Place for the previous couple seasons in Devon Levy. Uh, who is going to be, do you know yet, the starter for, for Canada? I haven't seen that announced yet at this point, so it's going to be interesting, but I think they're going to lean on Taylor Goche. He's kind of been the guy that they favored the entire camp and, and run up to the tournament and stuff. But I think Devin Levi is, is going to be get, getting minutes as well. And I've kind of explained it to people before. It's a weird situation, in my opinion, for the Canadian net because they don't have a guy that's really standing out by any means. They don't have a guy like Carter Hart or Carey Price. And, and those are really the only two guys that we look back on and, and go, man, those are really solid goalies and, and those are special players. Michael DiPietro was really good at the World Juniors, but how good is he going to be as an NHL pro? So we've never really had that star for the most part. And this year is much the same. In my opinion, I would start Dylan Garand but he's going to be the guy that I don't think plays any games. I think they're going to start with Taylor Goche and Devin Levi might be the guy that comes in and plays that Joel Hoffer role and maybe just plays well enough in a few games to lead them to the, to the medal round and get a, get a medal. But that goaltending is going to really be the situation that kind of concerns me. And uh, it's going to be fun to watch. Often the case, especially for team Canada, it seems the goalie that starts the tournament isn't always the goalie that finishes it. So it sounds like there could be some major rotation there. I want to go from obviously my heart is uh, cheering for team Canada, but my second team is team Germany. We got Tim Stutzler. Finally, Sens fans are going to get to see him playing in games. How affected do you think he's going to be considering he's coming off an injury? He's traveling to Canada 
like you said, he's one of the players that's still in quarantine. And on top of that, most of his star talent that would be helping support him is not going to be there. What are we going to see out of Timmy? I'm really concerned for Tim, Tim Stutzler right now. And it has nothing to do with him himself, to be completely honest. Like, I think he's still an electrifying player. And again, he's still one of my favorite prospects from that draft class. But you look at everything around his situation right now. He's just coming off that wrist injury, the, the fractured wrist. And that's he's literally just coming off. This will be his first game action. He hasn't played yet this year outside of the summer tournaments and stuff like that. And then you have a guy like Lucas Reichel going and leaving the team and, and Nino Kinder, who is going to play a lesser role. But those are two guys that were going to provide some of that secondary scoring that teams had to worry about. Mort Sider's not going to be there because he's playing in the SHL right now and he's playing so well. The Rogla was literally like, please don't take him. He's our best defenseman. So it he's losing every star power around him except maybe JJ Paterka. So it's going to be a really tough tournament, I think, for him. Like you said, he's still in quarantine. Does he have COVID? Is he a close contact? We don't know that for sure, right? So it's going to be one of those situations where if he was a kid that got COVID, maybe that affects him too. There's going to be a lot of people who may be sour on Tim Stotzel after this tournament, and I'd warn against that because we're going to see him play in the, the NHL or the DEL, whatever he plays in this year. I'm assuming it's going to be the NHL, but we're going to see him play. And once he's healthy, once he's getting going, once he has his feet under him, because he hasn't really even had a chance to do that. Yeah, he's in skating, but skating isn't game action and that he's going to need a game or two to get back into that. So it might be a tough tournament for him. Thankfully he's not really in the strongest group. The only team that's really a powerhouse is Canada. Finland is a pesky team, a really a good team, but not a great team. So they're, they're not that strong. And then Germany is probably the third best team in that group. So it's going to be tough to see what he does, but maybe he can beat up on one of those lower end teams and kind of bring some smiles to send fan faces. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of where we have Germany pegged as well, kind of the third best team there. But do you think it'll at least be a help that he just played the last season playing against professional men in the DEL? At least now he's on his peer level group. Is that going to at least help him shine here? Oh, yeah, like his skating ability and his just ability to, to play the game is are going to take over at some point. He's going to put on a performance and he's going to be still one of the best players on that German. He's going to be the best player on the German team, but I shouldn't even say one of the best players. He should be the best player on that team without a doubt with maybe JJ Paterka challenging him, but I, I don't see that really because he's going to have to drive that line. So I think it's going to be one of those situations where he, he's going to have that experience from playing against men. He's going to be able to kind of just naturally let his talent take over, but does he take over the tournament? Does he upset Finland? Does he kind of pull something off that's special? Maybe we don't see that this year. And I, I know a lot of us, including myself, wanted to see that happen. Yeah, well, only in a matter of hours, it'll be Finland, Germany, 6 p.m. Eastern time. And that Finnish team will feature Robbie Jarventi on the top line, at least according to an HF board. He was practicing with Casper Simontaival and the guy you want to see in the middle, Anton Lundell. What could expectations be for Robbie in this tournament? I think he is on the most underrated line in the entire tournament. I think Anton Lindell is going to have a monster tournament. He's been just dominant against men at the, the league level. Isn't this he year. already a captain? Yes. He, That's he's, insane. he, he was there. He's their assistant captain. And then he got given the C when their captain was out of the lineup for a night. And I think that game, he had four, four goals or five goals. Is that One good? Of those, yeah. Maybe oh, you keep the C on him then. Yeah, it was just ridiculous. It was like, oh, like this is what he's been waiting for. He was like, oh, I'm not the captain, so I don't need to lead offensively, but then just dominated. Like He is a special, special player. People doubted his offensive ability last year, and I was one of the few people that were like, man, watch out for this. Like 
I've watched games where they've measured his shot power and it is high. Like it is shooting pucks 120, like off off a wrist shot and stuff. So it's it's impressive to see this guy shoot the puck and man, I, I really want to see Anton Lundell take over the tournament. And the player he's going to do that with is, is Robbie Arventy. This kid's shot, his his offensive talent is ridiculous. And he's going to have the advantage of Lundell playing that defensive role. And Yarvinty, if he wants, he can just cheat the entire tournament. I, he's not going to do that. I don't want to see him do that. But he could do that and just rack up a billion points. Like I, I won't be shocked if he's near the top of the scoring lead for the tournament just because of how much he's going to be left alone because that Finnish team, they have depth on all of the lines. They don't have necessarily the top end talent like that, like Lundell or, or Yarvinty on the rest of the lines, but they've got guys that can hurt you. So teams are going to have to be honest. And, and Anton Lundell and Robbie Yarvinty both playing against men this year are going to be able to go, Oh, hello children. And just dominate. I think it's going to be a really fun tournament for those guys. Hope you're enjoying that chat with Tony Ferrari, our very good friend of the show, but we got to tell you guys about Built Bar. It's the holiday season, and what better way to celebrate than Built Bars? It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. 16 amazing flavors, 8 chocolate nut flavors, 8 chocolate nut free flavors. You know the bars are covered in 100% chocolate. The best part is their texture. I'm telling you, soft, easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious person. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. How good does that sound? It's about to sound even better. As Ross likes to say, it's a nutritional grand slam coming up. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. There's so many good flavors to be had from Built Bar. And look, it's Christmas time. Merry Christmas to everyone listening. What should you leave for Santa with, with his milk? How about some cookies and cream? Built Bar, that's Pillsy's pick of the week for Christmas. And the sweetest part of all the Built Bar has to offer is the deal they give you, the Locked On Podcast Network listeners, especially Locked On Senators fans. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your first order. One more time, guys, go to BuiltBar.com and use your promo code LOCKEDON on and you'll get 20% off your first order. Now back to our chat with Tony Ferrari. Well, we know Robbie has his shot as number one attribute. Is Lundell, you mentioned a four goal performance, but is he also a bit of a setup guy? I can find Yarventy in those spots. Lundell is kind of a dual threat guy. I think he's, he's a better playmaker than he is a, a goal scorer. To be completely honest, that four goal performance is a little bit out of character for him in general, but He's a guy that he's just going to make the safe play. He's going to find Robbie Arventi in space. He's going to do that. And, and like you said, Casper Steele-Montaival is on the other wing, and that's just a creative, creative playmaker. He's got a little bit of water bug in him, and he's that like dynamic, fun flash of flair on that line with Arventi's shot and Lundell being able to kind of contribute heavily positive results in, in all three zones. So it, it's going to be really fun to watch that top line. And I think Arventi's, if he's not up there with the goal scorers, like Alexander Holtz and stuff, I'll be shocked. Yeah, so that's Group A. Let's move along to Group B here. And I think you probably can guess which team I'm going to lead off with here as the Senators' prospects, Clevin and Sanderson with Team USA. We've already heard from the Team USA head coach that Sanderson is going to have a big role on this team. What are some things you're expecting to see from him? Like, are you expecting him to rack up points just from being on the ice all the time? Or is it going to be more like Jake Sanderson does, his transition game that's going to put on uh, the big spotlight here? 
Well, if you listen to the, the latest episode of Dauber's Draftcast with the World Junior Preview on there, you can hear me kind of go on about Jake Sanderson because I, I think he might be the, the best defenseman at this tournament. It, that's a little bit of hyperbole from some people. If Marit Sider is there, do you change your answer? Probably, yeah. Yeah, Marit Sider's ridiculous. Like, he's just a monster. But I think Jake Sanderson's going to be able to take over. Like, he's not the oldest defenseman at this tournament. He has Cam York on his team, who's a more veteran defenseman and, and the more likely leader on that team. But... I think Jake Sanderson, like I said earlier, he's a special talent. He's a guy that I think can make a big difference. And at the junior level, he's been so mature and so good with the with the Nodak sends. It's just one of those things where I think he's going to be able to go, okay, like this is back to the junior level. Like these are guys that are younger than me. These are guys that are smaller than me that aren't as good. And he's going to be able to take over. I think he's going to make plays in all three zones. I think that defensive play is going to be invaluable to that United States team. And I think he's going to be able to really play offensively because you look at that black back end for the United States and they have a lot of good players, but I think Jake Sanderson's a step above almost every one of them. That's great to hear. And where I'm curious about, we know he's going to be killing penalties. He's too aware in his own zone and five on five, he'll play a top four role, but we saw with the Nodak sends, he was on PP one right away with Matt Kirstead on the back end. Could he see power play time in this tournament as well? I'm not sure if he will, he will right out of the gate. I think a guy like Cam York is definitely going to take over power play one to start, but I think Jake Sanderson is going to work himself into that conversation just because of how well he's going to be playing. I think he's a guy that if he's not on PP2 right away, he'll be there no, like pretty soon. And I think, man, he's going to contribute offensively. And, and if he does it all at five on five, it'll be even more impressive because I think he's going to be able to put up at least a, a, a solid amount of points because like I said earlier, I think he's going to be their best all-around defenseman. I think he's going to be a minutes eater at five-on-five. Five. Like, they're going to go into games where they're like, okay, Cam York and whoever he's paired with at the time is going to be the top pairing. And then you're going to look at the end of the game, and Cam York played 21 minutes, and Jake Sanderson has 23. So it's going to be one of those situations where I think Jake Sanderson's play on the ice will just warrant him getting more ice time. Because of that, he's going to earn those opportunities. The interesting thing, and especially with these kind of tournaments, coaches tend to ride their top four, their top lines, like get the talent out there, get them playing heavy minutes. So when you're on a bottom pair, like Tyler Clevin likely will be, you may not get as many minutes. And Team USA decided to go with nine defensemen for this tournament. Are we going to see a lot of Tyler Clevin here, or is it going to be kind of just a couple minutes here and there when there's an even strength opportunity? I really don't think we're going to see a ton of Tyler Clevin in general, to be completely honest. I think he'll get into a couple games, but like you said, I think they have nine defensemen on that roster right now. I look at that roster and I kind of go, okay, he's probably the eight or nine. So he's not even the number seven guy, but when they, when they play a game against the Czech Republic or something, the U S can go, Hey, defenseman, a Brock Faber, you're, you're going to step out or whoever drew Hellison, you're going to step out. So it's going to be one of those situations where I think Clevin's going to kind of come in, play a couple games, Austria, Czech Republic, like I said, and he'll play bottom pairing minutes. He'll play kind of as, depending on how he's playing, maybe they'll give him a few extra minutes, especially if they're up big in a game. And maybe he'll be able to throw one of those classic K train hits that we've all come to love in, in, in North Dakota and see what he does there. So I don't think we're going to see a ton of them, but it'll be fun when we do see him. I think. I was going to say, if he's up against those types of opponents you can expect the score to be run up and when it was 7-1 North Dakota over Western Michigan he had no problem stepping up on a forward coming out of his own zone so keep your head up when the K train's on the ice for sure and out of those nine defensemen because Hunter Skinner was also brought in post initial roster which one of those two guys think gets the opportunity first 
I think Clevin probably gets the opportunity first. He's got the history with Team USA and the National Team Development Program and stuff, and he's he's really well liked with among USA hockey fans and among USA hockey staff and everything. So he's a guy that even if he's not your your best defenseman, even if he's not, if you're looking at your roster and you go, okay, he's the eight or nine guy, I still think he's going to get minutes like the seventh guy. Still think he's going to get into a couple games, and he's a guy that I think every team likes that's had him on had him on their team. So. I don't think there's any negative in him playing, especially in those lower end games. And if he does get into one of the bigger games, maybe Lucas Raymond dangles him or something like that, or some of the Russian forwards kind of make him look a little silly at times. But I don't think he's going to be too much of a detriment if they have him in those games either. I just don't think he'll be in those games. I got a quick follow-up. I guess it's uh, with Team USA, not necessarily Clevin, but who's the best goalie in this term? Is it Spencer Knight or Askarov? That's a tough one. I, I, my opinion right now is that I think Spencer Knight's going to steal the tournament. And I think Jake Sanderson's gonna Jake Sanderson is gonna kind of benefit from that. And that's why I think he's gonna look like one of the best defensemen in the tournament as well. So I, I've I've been on board of saying that I think it's gonna be a two horse battle between those two. And I, I think Spencer Knight has has the one year of maturity. He has the the chip on his shoulder because Askarov's outdueled him a couple times in the past in international events. So I'm betting on Spencer Knight, but I mean it might be fool's gold to to not bet on uh, Yaroslav Askarov. Who of those two, who do you think is going to be more relied upon to carry their team far? Like if it comes down to a clutch moment, is Team Russia leaning on Askarov or is USA leaning on Nightmore? I think USA is going to lean on Nightmore, despite that the, the fact that I think Dustin Wolf is probably the better backup of the two backups. Um, I, I just think USA has kind of always looked at Spencer Knight and gone, that's our guy and we're going to ride him until ride or die, right? Like it's going to be one of those situations. So I think Askarov is going to get a couple games of relief. I think Knight might get one during the round robin, but I think it's really going to be one of those situations where if, if both teams are kind of built similarly, like they both have a lot of offense, uh, their defense is questionable for the most part, but I think the United States defense is a little bit better. And because of that, I think Spencer Knight comes out on top. So Knight, a 2019 draft pick, a scare of a 2020 draft pick. Could we see Jesper Wallstead in this tournament for Sweden? We will see Jesper Wallstead, I think. He's going to play games, I think. I think he's going to split the round-robin game, I think. And he, he might get a chance. If he plays in that those two round-robin games really well and, and du- outduels Hugo Allenfeld, then maybe he's the starter in the elimination games. Again, we don't know exactly how many of these guys have been affected by COVID throughout the year. Um, we don't know how many of these guys are coming in the tournament fully healthy. And Hugo Allenfeld had a really good season, and he's been really good for the Swedes at the World Juniors before. So I think he has the step up, but we will see uh, Jesper Wallstedt. I, I don't know if it's going to be uh, too different than what we saw with Yaroslav Askarov last year, despite the fact that I think both of them are insanely talented goalies. Who would you say is a bigger threat to Team USA in that uh, group? Would you say Sweden or Russia? Right now, I'm saying Russia because I think Russia is kind of the dark horse of the tournament. They, I don't think they've gotten a lot of respect. And Sweden has been affected by the COVID cases, and they've got a lot of guys that had to drop out of the tournament. But their lineup's still stacked. They're, they're still Sweden. They're still going to have a legit chance at defending that 13-year, 52-game round-robin win streak. So I think Russia's the team that I think uh, challenges the United States for the top of that group, in all honesty. And I think it's powered by those high-skill offensive forwards like Rodion Amirov, Vasily Podkolzin, uh, Igor Chinnikov is going to get some chance from the Columbus Blue Jackets surprise first round pick. It's going to be a really fun team, really offensive team. Typical Russia. They don't really have a, a defensive core worth mentioning, but Shakir Mukhamudulin will be back there and Good that'll boy. be fun to watch. And, and who knows, maybe, maybe those, him and Tyler Clevin are competing for the defenseman of the tournament and make <laughs> Tony look like a frigging idiot. Yeah. 
Wouldn't that be great? Well, that's the beauty of the World Juniors is how unpredictable it is. And we're coming off, I think for my money at least, maybe being Canadian helps that. (laughs) But that 2020 gold medal game was one of the best I can recall. Back and forth, lead changes. And that's just what we've come to, to witness with junior hockey. If there's another dark horse team, I'm putting you on the spot because you already gave one, but who's someone, maybe even if they just make it to the semis, you're like, wow, good on them. I, I feel like there's going to be a cop-out answer because I'm going to say Finland. And, and I kind of, we already talked about how I think they're going to finish second in, the, in their group, but they're a team that no one's giving respect to this year. Everyone looks at this tournament and they go, okay, USA, Canada, the favorites, Sweden and Russia are going to be challenging them. Finland's roster isn't very good. Finland doesn't have a great goaltending situation, but they have three good goaltenders. I don't think any of their goaltenders are really guys that I look at and go, okay, this is detrimental. Um, I think they're starting Kerry Pruroinen. I watched him a few years in Windsor. He was good. He was stable. Not the greatest goalie. I'd probably go with Joel Blomqvist, but maybe that's a situation where Blomqvist takes over afterwards. Um, but I think this Finns have that. They always have a good system. They always play a really solid game as a team, and they have Anton Lundell. And I think that guy, like I said, I think he's going to be a monster at this tournament. I think he's one of my top three picks for a forward of the tournament and MVP of the tournament. Um, he's going to have a really good tournament because he's been dominant at the league level. Like I said, he's been playing against men. He had a four goal game. He, he's just been so, so good. I think he's going to be able to kind of drive that Finnish team to a medal. Yeah, I think Team Finland, uh, from World Junior standpoint, has always kind of pleasantly surprised casual fans. Like, maybe you don't hear about the big names as much, but as a core team as a whole, they're always really good in the World Juniors. Last question for me, Tony. So, we had you on earlier this week, and you mentioned the Senators probably will finish top 10 pick, maybe not top 5, somewhere in between there. Is there a guy in this World Junior tournament that Sens fans should be watching that maybe will land in that area for the Sens to draft next uh, draft? I really wish I could say yes, but I, I don't know because there's there's a few guys that I think maybe down the board, like uh, Oscar Allison, who's playing for Sweden. He's going to be a really good player to watch. But the one guy I would have said is William Eklund, and we're not going to get a chance to see him, sadly, because he contracted – well, I don't even know if he contracted COVID. He tested positive for COVID, so he was cut from camp. He went home to Year Garden, immediately tested negative, repeatedly tested negative, and he was back in the lineup two days after he was cut. It's one of those weird situations, but – there really isn't a ton of, of guys like Simon Edvinson didn't make the, the world juniors, Carson Lambos, Owen power, Brant Clark. They're not going to be there. Um, you look at the forwards, Fabian Lucell, Kent Johnson, both guys aren't going to be at this tournament. So it's really kind of no one near the top is, is at the board right now. And like I said, William Eklund would have been that guy, but he's not going to be there sadly. So you're telling us that if we're looking for draft elbows, watch Michigan instead. Then the world juniors Uh, final question for me. And let's say there's even odds and everyone is going to be going to betonline.ag and getting their, their lick with all the futures and not only of who's the team that's most likely to win, but I'm going to give you even odds on these four guys. Give me your MVP. And I think I know where you're going, but I'm going to ask you anyways, is it Anton Lundell, Lucas Raymond, Trevor Zegras, or the NHL or Kirby doc? Can I go off the board? Yeah, of course. I want Vasily Podkolzin. I want right. the odds on him. He he's play he's been special at international tournaments in the past. And the way he played at the Kyarla Cup with Russia, they sent an all junior team and all basically this world junior team they sent to a men's tournament against Finland, Sweden, and uh, I forget who the other tournament the other team was, but they went there and they dominated. They won all three games. They didn't look in doubt. Rodion Amirov, Vasily Podkolzin, Murat Kuznadinov all looked amazing. And I think 
Vasily Podkolzin is going to just dominate this tournament. He's physically mature. He's got the offensive talent. He plays the the kind of pro style game that you you need to play and just dominate this tournament. I don't think he's going to have an Alexi Lafreniere type year like last year, but I could see him getting close. He plays a physical nature game. He's able to kind of just push through guys. Like I won't be shocked if we get a couple highlight goals where he's literally just going through a defenseman, not even worrying about deking him or something like that. He's got the talent to do it. But uh, out of the four guys you named, uh, yeah, I'd probably lean towards Anton Lundell. Yeah, that's where I thought you were going. It's the Tony Ferrari on Twitter, a true friend of the show. Tony, we'll check back in with you following the tournament and see how you did, put you on the hot seat again. Thanks a lot for taking the time. Yeah, no problem, guys. Thanks for having me. Always enjoy it. Stick taps to Tony. Make sure you're following along with him on social media because he will be all over this event every way through. And you can do the same for Send Central on Twitter. That's where you can interact with us and subscribe to the Locked On Podcast wherever you download your podcast. We always appreciate reviews too, so please leave one as well. Now, Pilsy, let's get to our predictions for the best tournament in hockey, and that's the World Juniors. It's culminating in the gold medal on January 5th. Who will be playing in that game, and which nation will remain victorious? Well, look, you can call me biased. You can call me a homer. That's fine. But I still have Team Canada winning the gold medal. And even without Captain Kirby, I think they're going to get this done. And I think a big part of this is going to be the goaltending of Levy. And we'll see how he does here because he's got a tough task ahead of him because I have them beating Russia in the finals. Okay, I'm going with Canada over the U.S. in that gold medal game and Russians taking home bronze i also have sweden right now is on a 52 game win streak in the preliminary round robin i think that ends they've got a matchup against russia on december 30th i think that's gonna be the day the streak ends this is streak that's going back basically i want to say because what it's four per tournament this has to be going back to when eric carlson was on that swedish team yeah, maybe even farther. Like, and the crazy thing is, all they have to show for this streak is one gold medal. So, who scored their golden goal? Time, yeah, that's your boy DJ Zibby. Yep, golden goal. I believe in overtime as well. Yep, exactly. That was a good moment for Sens fans. And I didn't mention my bronze winning team. I'm going with the U.S. Sensei. Clevin and Sanderson, they're getting that bronze medal. And look, I know probably a lot of you are saying this is this is very similar to how friend of the show Craig Button read it up, but that's I see it going pretty much the way uh, on TSN's World Junior Preview Show that Craig Button lined it up. I, that's how I see it happening. And I think I think earlier I had said I think I like USA better than Russia, but after watching Askarov again, the only way to beat him was to get a nice clean wrist shot off the post and in. It's going to be tough to beat him going forward. I'll take Craig's a step different as well. He has Sweden over Finland in the quarterfinals. I say Finland scraps that one out. And we have yep. a Finland-US in one and Canada-Russia in the other. That's the way I see things shaking out with US winning Pool B and canada winning pool a but no matter what we can tell you it's going to be a fascinating tournament and we here on the locked on senators podcast will be breaking it down with you every step of the way beginning tomorrow to break down yes all four sends prospects will be in action tonight and then we have our send central citizen as well so merry christmas enjoy the hockey break it down with us tomorrow on the show for brandon pillar i'm ross levitan this has been the locked on senators podcast your team every day